Oftentimes, like an insect bite will be the preceding culprit for this. I vividly remember my oldest son got a case of periorbital cellulitis from a mosquito bite one summer. Oh, so you have had some very personal experience with this. Well, I hope your son was okay. That was Dr. Christopher Hografe, clinical associate professor at University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics, talking to me, Dr. Ranjita Raghavan, your guest host on this month's Corpendium Spotlight. Corpendium Spotlight. So what do you think are the most important points right off the bat that you want to impart today about orbital cellulitis? Don't miss it. It's bad. No. All kidding aside, you should have a high index of clinical suspicion for this. So while you can get imaging and we'll talk about lab tests and utility of those things, it's really a clinical diagnosis. So you have to know what you're looking for so that you can not miss it and it doesn't see you more than you see it. Last couple of pearls that you should take home, if nothing else. For whatever reason, it's far more common in kids than adults. And with all ocular complaints, and sometimes perhaps we don't always do this, but check the visual acuity. Even if you think, oh, this is 100% preceptal periorbital cellulitis, make sure you check the visual acuity because if that changes, then something else could be going on and you obviously don't want to miss that. You said a couple things that make orbital cellulitis an extra scary emergency. One, the fact that it is more common in kids and anything that has to do with kids is just scarier for the ER doctor. And two, it is not very common. I saw the adult incidence was 0.1 per 100,000, which if I'm doing my math right, is about one in a million chances. So we're not seeing it very often, but we need to know when we see it. And I think that's why Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber is the patron saint for emergency medicine. So you're <laughs> telling me there's a chance. So we always have to play those chances, particularly for things that can be quite severe. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! History. There are a couple of things in the history that you want to really pay attention to. For preceptal or periorbital cellulitis, often there's some semblance of minor trauma. Oftentimes, like an insect bite will be the preceding culprit for this. Conversely, sinusitis type symptoms, whether it appears viral or meets criteria for bacterial rhinositisitis based on the evidence, that is often a preceding course of symptoms to orbital cellulitis. So asking about those things while they may seem unrelated can be directly related to more serious pathology underlying the symptoms. Physical exam. Yeah, so you touched on a lot of the good history things that we want to look out for when we're talking to them. And then the physical exam, can we go a little bit more into depth into that? Sure. Fever is more common actually in orbital cellulitis than is periorbital or preceptal cellulitis. So both conditions can have a fever, but it is more common. So that should steer you that way just a little bit. Both conditions can have pain in the eyes, but three things you really want to look for in orbital cellulitis that should get your uh, index of suspicion even higher. If they have any sort of impairment of ocular motion, so ophthalmoplegia, right? And that can be really subtle. Pay particularly close attention to that one. And then proptosis. So look side to side on the side of the patient for signs that that eye is extruded just a little bit. And lastly, try to tease out whether or not the patients have pain with extraocular motion. Those are the three hallmarks, uh, most common findings on physical examination of points you toward orbital cellulitis. And again, just like you mentioned earlier, when you're dealing with kids, everybody's sphincter puckers up just a little bit. And so spending a little bit of extra time and teasing those things out. And again, to emphasize, document that visual acuity. Those things will go a long way to start helping you make the diagnosis. Labs. So let's say you have a patient who has decreased visual acuity and some pain with eye movement, maybe even proptosis, and you're worried. 
what are you thinking for your workup? Now, the laboratory testing doesn't really help you, and we kind of would assume this, right? Now, patients with orbital cellulitis are more likely to have a leukocytosis. That's nonspecific, obviously, but could be helpful in that regard. Inflammatory markers may or may not help you. I, I don't think you can hang your hat on that either. Current recommendations are that you get blood cultures on patients you suspect to have orbital cellulitis. In kids, at best, the literature would suggest that those turn positive 33% of the time, and then it can be down to 5% in adults. So realistically, in addition to your clinical suspicion, imaging is the way to go. And, and this is a great segue to, to plug the pending updates for Corpendium because I've just been reviewing the literature on this. And there are starting to be some published case reports about the role of ultrasound in this regard. It is not going to replace CT scan or MRI in the immediate future, but there are case reports of providers finding evidence of whether it's orbital cellulitis or an orbital abscess behind the eye. And so you can kind of see some early changes that should raise your suspicion as well. So the hallmark there is thin cuts of the orbits with contrast to really try to tease this out. CT scan is sufficient. If you can get an MRI, that's fine too. But really CT scan is, is more than enough to help you make the diagnosis. Great. So that's CT scan with contrast. So you're going to have to get some labs for that anyways. You're not waiting for the imaging to call up though, correct? You're kind of starting imaging and getting started on your antibiotics when you have a high suspicion for this. Yeah. You're going to set the patient up to get the appropriate imaging. You'll get the creatinine because of the need for contrast. And you'll start your antibiotics intravenously. And yes, I think your threshold for either calling ophthalmology if your shop has the ability to do so, or preparing the patient for a potential transfer in areas where they don't have access to an ophthalmologist is necessary. Remember, this is a, an eye-threatening emergency, and it truly is an emergency. Yeah, I hear you on that. Treatment. And speaking of antibiotics, what are you reaching for when you see that someone has or possibly has an orbital cellulitis? Broad-spectrum antibiotics are your hallmark here, right? And you have to take into consideration what kind of other risk factors the patient has. So things like ampicillin, sulbactam, and piperacillin, tazobactam, usually should not be given. They don't get into the CNS particularly well, and if this starts to spread, they're not really your first-line choice for these agents. Pull your vancomycin in the weight-based fashion, and then you want to add something like ceftriaxone. Cefotaxime is acceptable as well. And then, of course, if, if it's spread and you think that there's extension into the intracranial cavity, then you want to add something like uh, metronidazole or clindamycin to help with the anaerobic coverage. What about steroids? Sometimes we prescribe steroids. What's your thoughts on this? My general practice is anytime you're talking about steroids involving the eye, get an ophthalmologist on board before you do that. There can be uh, downsides to that, and you want to make sure that you're on board with the person who's ultimately going to help to manage this patient. So you want to be on the same page with that. They can be beneficial, but again, I would speak to the ophthalmologist before you're just initiating those. And on that same vein, want to make sure that they are not having some sort of fungal etiology. Correct. Fungal etiology should not receive steroids. Final thoughts. Okay, well, this has been great. So is there any last thoughts that you have about this eye emergency you want to leave our listeners with? One thing to hone in on, right? Visual acuity generally doesn't change when you have periorbital or preceptal cellulitis. So if you have even the slightest bit of visual acuity change, it's something you really need to take heed to. Now, keep in mind, any one of those three physical exam findings that we talked about, pain with eye movement, 
ophthalmoplegia or proptosis, I think any one of those should significantly raise your suspicion and prompt the further workup more than you would for periorbital or preceptal cellulitis. All right. So thanks for being here today to deliver all these key points about orbital cellulitis. To get a deeper dive on it, you can head to Corpendium and you can go there for any of your emergency medicine needs as it will be always improving and updating. As you mentioned yourself, you're going to be adding to it soon. So thanks again. 